and welcome to uh, Discourse on the Disc Course, uh, the podcast where we play disc golf and uh, talk about stuff. I'm your host, Trump Wigglestein. And I'm your other host, uh, Rad Radley. <laughs> That's with uh, seven A's in the first one. <laughs> Just one in the second one. Let's not be silly. I never, uh, I never get tired of hearing your name, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, I like, think uh, I'd be used to it since we've been recording this discourse on the disc course podcast for decades. Yeah, now. this is this is episode one thousand three hundred and seventy-two. <laughs> is it one thousand three hundred seventy-two? You're the one who always keeps. Uh, such I'm pretty sure it's one thousand three hundred seventy-two. Enumeration of every episode. Um, it's a real pleasure to be out on the disc course, having discourse with you. It uh, is. Let me quickly look up the name of the course we're on again because I've forgotten. Uh, Leverage Park. Leverage Park. Just Leverage over, Park. Uh, that river. <laughs> the a, Columbia. Yes. Uh, from Portland, oh, Oregon. Oh, Columbia. And, yes. Uh, Regular listeners will will know, of course, that uh, last week uh, we had been planning to uh, hit up Pier Park in in North Portland, but uh, it turns out there's a bit of a to do happening there today, and we didn't want to. Uh, right. Yeah, the advantage of Pier Park is not just that it's a beautiful park with a great course, it's also um, right next to Rad's house. Yep. Um, so it was, a short, it was a short hop over there to discover uh, that we would have no chance of playing today. Yeah, so it's a great deal of hubbub. <laughs> so, uh, so we came up here to Vancouver and battled the I-5 northbound traffic. And Yeah, not too bad. I mean, the traffic was bad, but we didn't have to stay in it for too long, so... Uh, here we are. We're on hole number three. Hole number three. Uh, uh, we started talking about this back at hole number one, but then we realized we weren't actually uh, properly recording. And so uh, you would you think know, after uh, 1,300 however many episodes, we would know to turn the recorder on. You know, there's always talking. surprises. That's that's what I love about it. There's always something new. That's what I love about disc golf. Always, always, always a surprise. We're drinking some uh, Wunder beer, a uh, Kolsch from uh, Ninkasi Brewing in. Eugene, Oregon. They they um, tend to make a, a bitter, hoppy beer no matter what it is, and that's no exception for their uh, Kolsch. It's going down pretty easy, though. I usually, um, especially in summer, I don't like something too bitter, but um, this is a this is a good balance. I like it. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's also, I should mention, the um, first time, I think, that uh, Rad has chosen the beer. Maybe, usually, maybe. Usually it's me, whatever it my is. name is, that and, uh, picks the beer and brings it to and the and disc then la- And then you showed up with uh, Smirnoff. Uh, right, uh, and then you showed up with Hornsby's, uh-huh. and then I picked the beer. Right, you you brought us back to beer. Yes, really. Yes, I recentered us on, uh, you know, the the, the beer centric thing that we had had going for twelve hundred ninety nine episodes yeah. under <laughs> your tutelage. Uh, one of but, one of the things, that, <laughs> one of the interesting things that then I've those been last thinking. seventy were bad. I guess. I'm not sure I did the math on that quite right. Yeah. You get enough episodes, it gets tricky. It does get tricky to keep track of uh, simple addition and mathematics. I, I, I Sometimes I think there almost could be like a parallel universe version of our podcast where they don't disc golf. Have you ever thought about something you know, like that? You know, the, the thought has occurred to me, and the thing is, it's it's fun to think about. You know, yeah. as a thought ex- exercise, a thought exper- a Gedanken experiment, as they say in uh, the German literature... Uh, it's it, it's amusing to sort of like you know play with the idea you know it's a very Star Trek notion but uh, mm-hmm. but it ultimately doesn't work because I cannot imagine what would keep people engaged for an hour and a half if they were just sitting in what a basement right all basically sitting still all talking hole in the ground yeah there's no like like I want I want a hole 
on a pole. You know, mm-hmm. I want I want I want there to be you know chains and and a depository for the uh, plastic discs that basically define our daily existence. Right. Uh, right. They give meaning and direction and purpose to our endeavor here. Yeah. We, with we, discourse on the discourse. Exactly. Without yeah. that, you're basically just sitting around in the dark getting drunk and. That sounds. Nothing makes me sadder than picturing it's, it's the a, parallel it's a, it's version. It's a troubling, troubling idea. The parallel universe version of you, Rad, Radley, and me, Chump Woolery, uh, sitting in a hole in the ground, getting drunk in the dark. Um. So uh, let's see here. Hole three. Uh, I'm uh, I'm at one over par, and I think you're at two over par. Yep, I'm two over. Thousands of games of disc golf would be at or below par, but I would be wrong. You know, it's 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 a subtle game. There's a lot of nuance. I personally, I I I consider myself no great athlete, but I feel like over the years I've managed to get to a a pretty respectable spot, Mm -hmm. considering that I'm a 12 foot tall. Did I say foot? I meant inch tall uh, flying squirrel. Yes. Uh, in squirrel uh, metrics, it's kind of hard to take the idea of something twelve foot tall seriously. So, you know, we we switch over a lot. It's a it's 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 like dyslexia for units. Huh. Units lexia, they call yeah. it. Of course, everyone knows that. Yes. Yeah, that's I, everybody. Everybody would say the same as you did. Yep. <laughs> units lexia. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna take All right. hole three. Hole three. Here it's we go. It is, you know. Um, like most of our jokes. Ha <laughs> ha! To get there. Here he goes. He's lining up. He's giving a big throw. Ooh, it's flying. It's flying. It's flying off to the left a bit. But but it went forward some, too. It also went forward. And, uh... It's worth keeping in mind that the glasses also have full. Exactly. And the disc did make some progress down the fairway. Exactly. As, as my mom always said, uh... You, you, you find the nuts that are off the path that the other squirrels don't find when they walk straight. She didn't really have a... It wasn't snappy, but it was a, a reasonable point that she would make. Uh, she drank a lot. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah, your you, mom famously drank a lot and she, just talked about nuts every day. When people say drunk as a squirrel, this basically... Yeah, it's, her, it's, her, it's mom. her face comes to mind, for sure. Good old Maggie Radley. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. Crack my squirrel knuckles. Yeah. Looks good. That was bad. No, yeah. I mean, considering that you're a 12 inch tall flying squirrel, any throw is relatively yeah, impressive I can, I can, to witness. I can feel good about it, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's really a full body discus thing for the listener uh, who's joining us for the first episode. Uh, it's uh, me as a counterbalance against the disc, and then a moment of uh, fission, like like in an atom bomb, as I fly in one direction and uh, the disc flies in the other. Yeah, that's a, that's an apt description of it. As a twelve foot tall flying squirrel, it's much easier for me to throw. The yes, disc. yes, you you, you have the advantage. It. You wouldn't know it by watching me throw as I typically have to just kind of limp it along get get it slowly closer to the hole with the squirrel being of my size you would think it would be pretty trivial to throw well you've always suffered from uh, fairly acute unit dyslexia which is uh, never never made it particularly easy for you no it, I couldn't agree more pretty pretty good throw from Josh one of the, a lot of 
loft. Yeah, one of the thi- one a of the frisbee loft. <laughs> a lot of frisbee loft. One of the things that you um th- that you have to really fight your instincts on when you're playing disc golf is to throw it up when you're trying to go far. You really, really have to flatten straight. It's the only way to get real distance because you get up in the air and then it just comes back. And I, I feel like you know, around about the fourteen hundredth episode, I feel like that's really going to gel for me. Here he throws. Oh, and as if to uh, prove a like ironic counterpoint to his advice, he throws it basically at the ground. Didn't go nowhere, but it didn't go far. You know, it's it, you would think one of the things about this. Let's talk about let's talk about physics for a minute. Yeah. Uh, as we as we are prone to do on discourse on the disc. Yes, uh, a disc or discourse discourse, which our podcast may also be named. Yes, well, it was. I, you know, I, I feel like we've settled this. You know, I know, I know, we switched around episode five fifty, and I know you weren't entirely on board with that change. But you know, I feel like I feel like it's more or less established. Uh, let's see this throw. Nice. That's a lot better. Yeah, that's great. That's a lot more what I'm talking about. Well, and you know what I was what I was getting at is My colossal squirrel arm is already tired. By the way, <laughs> but I, well, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of mass to move around. That's the ironic thing. You would think you would you know have a natural advantage there, but you know you've got to accelerate all of that tissue. And, yeah. Uh, so you're really fighting yeah. yourself. I also play with a disc golf disc that's seven feet across, so it's quite difficult to. It's even out of proportion to me. All right. Looking good. Again, with the, with the, the loft the... He just can't stop throwing it up in the air. Yeah, he can't help himself. It's like it's like I'm at a party and I just don't care, and it's my hands. Yeah, is what it is. So I wanted to say we we talk about flying disc, but really it's a gliding disc, and that's obviously near and dear to our hearts as flying squirrels, because uh, there's a lot of stigma attached to the misunderstanding of the nature of our you know aerial hijinks. Right. Do you remember? Do you remember the first time you uh, you uh, were treated to, to harmful world words by someone on the subject of flying versus gliding? Oh, it's it's all harsh to talk about for me, as you know. I haven't been able to fly since the incident, but um, that was quite a good throw there. Thank you, thank you. One, two, oh, I think this would be my four. Yeah, um, it's possible to get a. Uh, birdie or no? Not what's the opposite of a birdie? Bogey. Bogey. Is this a par three? I, is I, everything a par three? Most disc golf courses, every hole is a par three. You uh, think we would know that by now? Yeah, but uh, having played literally thousands. But along with my unit dyslexia, I also suffer from just uh, burps. So, uh, so yeah. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. Welcome back to Discourse on the Discourse. Uh, I am, of course, Rad Radley. And uh, I am, of course, am, uh, Slap Ticklesburg. Of course and, you are. And uh, we were having some fun with you there before. I, I, I'm sure we threw you off with our compelling narrative. Completely believable. But uh, we were actually just kind of doing a bit of a thought experiment there. What if we had been 
differently proportioned squirrels. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is <laughs> we're we're not clearly. I mean, listeners know we're human beings and not squirrels. But uh, we, part of our discourse sometimes involves taking uh, metaphysical thought experiments and running with them. It, it, it is it is itself a Gadogan experiment, and, and I think most of you have probably sort of clued into that, especially if you've been a regular listener. You know, our our, our proneness to disrupting uh, the, the 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 narrative. Of, of the of the show, uh, but here we are on uh, on uh, the fourth hole. Sure, you uh, know what disrupts the narrative of the show is when you don't record when we're talking. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Uh, yeah. a few complaints over the years. Uh, it's like a, it's like the opposite of breaking certain, the fourth wall. Uh, yeah, you, it's, you know, it's, it's like, like refusing to build the fourth wall. It's exactly. like refusing, like 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 failing to show up with the drywall for the fourth wall. Yeah, um, it's a lot to, like that. Yeah, it's all it's like being a bad contractor. It's, the, it's like violating <laughs> the social contract, as if you were violating the contracting contract. The contract you signed as a contractor. Yes. To put the wall up. Yes. It's a bit like if a tree falls in the forest. It's like if you record a podcast in the forest or the and disc no golf course, records, and no one presses record. Will it get or, or press records, yes. as some might put it. <laughs> Nobody press records. Right. Then, uh, uh, then what are you going to do? Yeah, what, yeah. what, what, what even happens? Do? I, don't, I, think you, I think you tee off is what happens. Oh, yeah, here we go. Tee off before I get teed off. <laughs> I'll never get tired of that joke. Oh, all right, here we go. He's, he's firing in the direction of we're not really sure what's down there. So as far as we know, that was a beautiful shot. It looks like a beautiful shot. Yeah, that looks great. Assuming the hole is where I'm guessing uh, I'm, it I'm is. Just, I'm just going to run on that theory uh, and see if I can follow you down there here. Some kids on bikes up there, they probably aren't the hole, so... No. No, you're, you're looking for typically for a stationary piece of metal. Back to episode sixteen hundred and twenty-seven of Discourse on the Old Discourse. I am Rad Redley, and uh, I'm uh, Scotch uh, Tickleson, and uh, we're uh, we're back here at the uh, Liberace uh, Golf Course in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, we haven't been here for uh, oh, I don't know, about three hundred some episodes. I want to say. Usually we try not to do repeats, but uh, a lot of good memories here. A lot of good memories. Uh, we had that we had that fun bit about the squirrels, if I recall right. I believe oh, that, that was here. last time we were here. Yeah, wasn't that, was it? A, yeah. that was a good one. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, wind here. Yeah, a little bit of wind. <laughs> we were talking uh, that on that episode, or maybe an earlier one, about the uh, possibility of a parallel universe version of this podcast, one where the hosts. Instead of getting out to a disc golf course and disc golfing, just sat in a basement in a hole in the ground, just in the dark getting drunk. What I was thinking was, um, have you ever listened to the podcast that's on After Hours? Oh, uh, the, the crapshoot. Yeah. It's, it's a, a syndication thing, right? They just run, they recorded a bunch back you know, 30, 35 years ago and just... Yeah, in the in the early early 2010s, early mid 2010s, and uh, 2010s. I forget what we called them back then, but uh, you know when time still existed. But the uh, it's almost the exact same. It's almost to the T to a note, as we say now in the future. Uh, the podcast. 
podcast we were describing. There's two hosts, and obviously they don't have the same names as we do, but they just blather inane drivel. You know, and it's an interesting thing because you know, I, from I, a I, hole in the ground. I was thinking it was a science fiction sort of premise, but but really, it's 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 as much as anything a historical allegory, I guess, would come down to, which is a, a recurring theme when you think about it. If you set aside the the, the glimmers of. Uh, superficial futurism laid on top of these stories. Many of them are, as much as anything, a sort of allegorical commentary on lessons we've learned as a transhuman race over, you know, the millennia of our, uh, you know, existence or, or pre-existence as, as uh, you know, corporeal uh, animals. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the thoughts that crossed my mind was, what if they were almost our doppelgangers and looked and just like us? But then I realized they couldn't possibly be spectral dust at yeah, that far know, back in the past. We've been disc golfing uh, so long, but it, as I understand it, there were actually precursors known as frisbee golf that was very similar, except for they used actual plastic uh, discs, uh, which is where the name comes from. That's before you know discology became such a formative influence on the uh, right. singularity, uh, you know, moral consciousness of, of the transhuman race. You know, and and so back then it was just, it was a coincidence. It happened to be called a disc because that was the name they used for round objects, and they would physically grasp them with meaty hands mm. and throw them and use air resistance to try and guide them, which is very different, obviously, from the modern sport, but uh, but it is an important part of the, the heritage. So, in a sense, I think when we talk about this alternate universe, what we're really doing is is, is reifying uh, a latent yearning for the past, however misguided, you know. I mean, one thing I will say about the old show, I've listened to a few of them, I usually don't have time because I've got to go, you know, explore some n-dimensional space, but but every once in a while, I take a little time and, and they And listen to the craft shoot? Yeah, and then, then you know, they, there's some charm there. Super racist. Oh, Super yeah. Super racist. They would wow. say things that they did not even have any idea was a problem. They would make jokes about chairs. Like, oh, yeah, and you know what's funny? Chairs. Let's make fun of chairs. Unbelievable. Because you're fucking Cro-Magnons. Right. But, uh, you know, but, but you have to understand it was, a, it, was a, it was a product of its time. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the uh, arc of, of history bends towards justice, but uh, yeah. but it takes its goddamn time. As, Sometimes uh, it clearly does, as they fumbled around hopelessly with their meat stubs trying to record a podcast you know, and, and I've, I've just seen... crossing every, every single racist thing we now understand to be ultra-racist I terminology. To, I have to say, I've seen visual records of, of, of their uh, pre-singularity uh, corporeal perambulation and you know it's 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 hard it because what you want to do is laugh but it's it's not fair to them because right. you know it's, and of course it's, it's illegal now to well, yeah, laugh well, too right. i mean you know i mean i you you want to do a lot of things and of course you suppress with your uh, neural circuitry to prevent right. you know being uh, annihilated by the all mind but right the disc all mind figuratively speaking you want to laugh it makes you but but you shouldn't judge because you know this is this is where we come from you know i, I imagine uh, they probably looked the same way on amoeba you know, it was you know you, you have a formative relationship in your past that you have to you have to have a certain amount of, uh, if not respect, at least you know understanding. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna anyway, we should we should really get back to yeah. The, I'm gonna the, tee the, off. Of course, here we uh, seem to have skipped whole five. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's uh, not you you amp up your uh, capacitor there and let's uh-huh. uh, let's see how you can uh, vector that motherfucker. Where do you think the hole is? Oh, I think it's it, it, it's somewhere it's somewhere to the right of that uh, intersectionality. Oh, I uh, see disturbance. It. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna try and throw the disc into that hole now. Right. Give it a shot. Okay. So to speak. Oh, dark. Oh, we'll throw, throw, talk, we'll 
Welcome back. Episode stick rock bat of throw wheel while talk. We'll throw a lot today. Me rad. Um, you thog. Yes, thog. We know thog have name Lexia. <laughs> Give him trouble with name. Uh, Singularity bad. Yeah, we're talking before break about uh, great sparkly box. Mm. Terrible everything. Mm. Terrible uh, everything. Great fall. Great fall. Uh, but now thing okay. Thing okay. Thing okay. We play. We play wheel throw. Wheel throw fun. Wheel throw good time. Good time. Good time. Good time. Drink funny water. Oof. Funny uh, water. Affects affects dog throw. Ooh. A little bit. Throw. But uh, but good time. Good, good time. Good time. Uh, what if we're podcasts before? Before Singularity. Hmm. What if podcasts were talk in basement? Before Sparkles? Before Sparkles. Before before Sparkle Box. What what would talk about? Uh maybe they play wheel throw. No, we invent wheel throw. Maybe maybe they play shitty wheel throw. Hmm. We invent shitty wheel throw too. Maybe they us. Maybe they no ancestor ancestors. What if? What if they have show like us? What if they at park pre pre sparkly box and person walk by and they get sort of quiet? Mm, what if they get embarrassed about pretend be <laughs> cavemen say? Nonsense. Nothing you say have sense. It does. It, it, it seem. It seem like head experiments. Hmm. Beheading experiments, as German cavemen say. <laughs> yes. But now, hole ten. Mm-hmm. Throw wheel. Throw wheel. Tickle cock. Throw wheel. Now. Right. <laughs> Hey, welcome back uh, to uh, another episode of uh, Count Ear Nuts. Uh, I just want to thank you all for listening. We've had a lot of fun today. I know it's been a sort of silly episode. We've been joshing with you a bunch, playing with a bunch of unusual scenarios. You know how we are. Uh, I am, of course, Nut Nutley. I don't even remember who I am, apparently. <laughs> oh, you. You are uh, you are nuts, if you will. Uh this is, of, uh, of course, uh, Bart Glider. Uh, right. And uh, we are uh, just wrapping up here. Had a great time. Played with some fun sort of role-playing scenarios, imagining crazy podcasts. Uh, but, you know, we got to close up. So I just want to say thanks for listening. Uh, you know you know how much we value having this as an outlet and a place to, to connect with other variously sized flying squirrels. Uh, so thanks for listening. Thanks for thanks for being out there. Thanks for uh, keeping an eye on your acorns. Uh, next week, I think we uh, we might have a frank discussion about uh, how to deal with gentrification in holes in abandoned trees. Mm. Yeah, it's been a real it's been a real big issue. 
you uh, on uh, Facebook for squirrels, which is what we call that website. Uh, right. Facebook for squirrels. I've always thought it was kind of an unimaginative name. You, know, you think they could, like, first of all, Facebook is a pretty bizarre name, but also for squirrels. Obviously, it's for squirrels. Right. Who else would be using a computer? It doesn't it's, even make it's sense. It's like if they called it squirrel mail for mammals. Like, we know what squirrel mail is. We don't really need the, you know, I... Once again, Yahoo, I don't know what you're thinking. But uh, yeah. anyway, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that because I think there's, there's a lot to say about, uh, you know, other rodentia, birds. Uh, there's that big thing in the news about that confused woodpecker trying to peck its way out of a tree. Um, which, honestly, I think, you know, give the poor guy a break. Let's not mock those who are struggling with mental illness. You know, they've got enough trouble. They don't need to be uh, treated as, as, as humor fodder. By uh, the greater uh, squirrel community, yeah, it's um, depressing to see the coverage on that. Yeah, on you know, it's like it's, it's, you wonder, like, you know, where are people's hearts? You know, in their right. tiny, tiny torsos. I mean, we have a problem with uh, squirrel and bird mental health resources, and, and our, our, our complete lack of any sort of concept of medicine or psychological care really is not helping the situation. When are we going to see the federal government be a thing that exists right. and can throw some? funding at these problems you know until then really we're just we're just uh you know causing trouble for ourselves you know right it right reminds, it, a concept of currency would help too so they would have something to throw at the problem we, uh, we've talked about this a bunch before yeah uh, and it's 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 you know we i feel like we keep coming back to it but it's so important the concept of an abstract currency with which to engage in trade once we develop a basic level of sentience and and concept of the self outside of ourself you know that, that's that's it's an important thing if we really want to see squirrels become the dominant species on earth and overthrow homie sapiens in in some sort of uh you know charlton heston uh, epic involving the statue of liberty like if we want to get there and i think we all do then we really have to we really have to show some some serious commitment to the idea of evolving a whole new level of uh relation in an abstract sense with the world because right now i mean we're really we're really burying nuts we're climbing trees we're being eaten by raptors we're you know multiplying and then dying and uh the whole time we're just tiny squirrels and you know i i don't see i don't see how we improve i don't see how we fix some of these problems we're struggling with socially until we stop being brainless tiny mammals I don't know who Charlton Heston is. It's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an actor. It's, uh, it's, it's obscure. You probably haven't heard of him. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a thing. Uh, anyway, that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling on. We need to uh, go find some nuts and eat them so we don't die of malnutrition. Yeah. Uh, you've got stuff to do, I'm sure. Uh, as soon as we invent microphones and hard drives and the internet and iTunes and whatnot, we, we hope you keep on listening to the podcast. Until then, we're we'll, just... Uh, we'll keep carving this into the tree, bark of the exactly. tree that we call Facebook for Squirrels. And hopefully, uh, in a post-singularity world, higher squirrels will be able to recover these scratchings and render them into audio recordings of some sort through some process of interpolation is right. probably what would happen. You know, I mean, if if that's a thing that exists, I don't really know. This is actually just being recovered from my spore which doesn't contain any information at all about these thoughts, but a, uh, you know, getting out of hand sort of uh, decompression process invented by post-singularity squirrels is probably assigning meaning to what are essentially random undulations in my feces. So, uh, 
you know, that's and that's the important thing. That's what matters. So that's uh, what we're all going to need to keep in mind. Exactly. You know, you keep keep your eye on that. Keep thinking about it. Keep uh, keep eating nuts and pooping and dying. And uh, you know, next up is a crapshoot and uh, happy disc golfing. Yes, happy disc golfing to you too. Crapshoot, 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 crapshoot. Welcome to episode 20 of uh, The Crapshoot. Are we recording? We are. I think so. <laughs> we haven't. We, we, tip, if the yes. history is any indication, yes, we're no, probably not. We seem to actually be recording. Oh, okay. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think this one's actually happening. I am Josh Millard. What episode you're number recorded. is this? I this is episode it. 20. Oh, okay. Episode number 20. All right. You see up in the URL because you're looking at my laptop because we're, we're sitting much cozier than usual. That's what that's called, a, a URL? I always call those file names. Shut up. <laughs> Off to a typically great start. Yep. You know, I promised I was going to stop just always talking about how the terrible the episode is. Now I just always talk about how I'm going to stop talking about it. Yep. You've really you've, you've at least stepped up a level, which is nice. Yeah. You've 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 or stepped back a level. Yes. Like it's hard to say. Getting like, meta. If I was your therapist, I don't know if we'd say if I'd say we're making progress or if we're losing progress. Mm-hmm. If I was a therapist, I said, I think we're losing progress, mm-hmm. I'd better be right, because that's kind of a dick thing to say to someone. It is a bit of a dick thing to say kind of like, to you someone. know, I really feel like uh, this is going to the shitter. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, uh, as your therapist, I just feel like... Uh, you're worse you know, every time I see you. Yeah. You're just a way shittier person. Like, you're just, you're, you're, you're collapsing as a human being. Your justification for getting to get up space, shrinking, shrinking yeah. constantly, like the universe in that one episode where Bev Crusher was stuck in a pocket universe and people kept disappearing. I just watched that episode. Did you? Yeah. What? Okay, now... It's not bad. I, I, I kind of... Give me your impression of the episode overall, because actually I have, I have complicated feelings about it. <laughs> As I open a cooch lager. Uh-huh. Do you want, let me go ahead and open one for me, too. Okay. I might... Uh... Apparently, I'm the sommelier now. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's that's French for person from Somalia. It's it's. I, I hope people in like thirty five years in the future don't think we're like super racist. That would be really awkward. That would be really yeah. God yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just, you know, I I don't know. Weird fun fact. I uh, found out that um, the caveman word for uh, it's my turn to throw at frisbee is uh, tickle cock. I think it is. Or That's something weird. Like. Isn't that weird? That is really weird. It's weird because that word like almost has a different meaning to yeah. us in you learned contemporary that, You learned times. that from an uh, anthropologist, right? Yeah, a real live yeah, anthropologist. An actual, someone with, someone with a, a postgraduate degree in the subject. I'll just say they definitely knew what they were talking they, about, and if you, the listener, think that it means something else, then I'm just here to inform it you. It really sounds like something you would learn from someone who was themselves learned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I, I like that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation um, I uh, I don't know. Do, would you call it a bottle episode? It's sort of a bottle episode. Yeah. Well, a lot of them are, though. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of when your bottle consists of a mixture of sets and CGI, uh, it's kind of even... It yeah. was it was pretty cgi light too, though. I mean, there was no, like, you weren't... You, you, mostly, they weren't, like, dealing with communicating with another ship or, yeah. you know, d- delicate negotiations outside of the walls of the Enterprise. Um so, but in general, uh, Enterprise did a lot of episodes that basically took place on the ship with more or less the sets they had. Right. You know, and, and, and to some extent, they're bigger. It's a bigger number of sets, maybe. So it's a weird thing. That's, that feels like there could be a whole classification scheme, scheme for bottle episodes where the number of sets that 
your minimal let's not build any extra sets mm-hmm. episode is limited to. Because is, is a bottle episode the same thing if you have like one set or if you have six sets? Because either way, if they're the standing sets you have, you know, you're, you're cutting costs and speeding up production by not involving external set issues. Right. But it's not quite it's like it does does the bottle expand to fit the size of the budget i guess <laughs> in the in the episode the bottle contracts and yes, uh yes. eliminates crew members aside from beverly crusher you said you had complicated feelings about it so i want to know what they are i really so the premise is for anybody who doesn't happen to remember a lot of star trek <laughs> and knows, there, there's an episode where for beverly crusher whose daily life doesn't <laughs> just involve them re-watching star trek the next generation old, uh, science over fiction, and over again yeah. yeah there was this episode of star trek treks star mm-hmm. trek next generation mm-hmm. Uh, the, who, next the next generation um, of Star Nick. Yes. Uh, where Beverly Crusher, Dr. Beverly Crusher, mm-hmm. played by Gates McFadden, mm-hmm. uh, she is confused to find that – I don't remember exactly how it happens. Basically, someone who should be on the ship isn't on the ship. And then it right. turns out that they're just not – no one's ever even heard of them, which is super mysterious. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's going on there? It was a, another doctor that was a guest of hers. Ah. Yeah. And 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 from Who there, just boarded. The so you're ship, like, how did yeah. this person? What is going on? But then it turns out people started disappearing more and more to the point where, like, fairly soon, like half the ship's crew, no one who's still on the ship has ever heard of. Like, you know, they've just they were never on the Enterprise. The ship doesn't know about them. The captain doesn't know about them. And then, come on, the captain. Picard's if if nothing else, he is fastidious. He would know if someone had been scheduled to transfer to the ship, but then hadn't after all, or something. You know, so if he's just like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about, Bev, then that's that's a weird sign if you think that person should be around. And it turns out the the whole uh, result of the thing is she's in a collapsing pocket universe, and the people who keep disappearing are just like disappearing on the other side of the shrinking boundary of this universe to the point where. Near the end of the episode, it's just like her and Picard on the Enterprise. And Picard is not aware of what's going on because he's native to the pocket universe. So she gets to the point where she's like, wait, come on. This is a giant galaxy-class starship. It has room for a thousand people. And it's just the two of us sailing around. And Picard's like, well, I don't know. It's he's like, that's yeah. how it's always been. That's how yeah. it's always been, Bev. Come on. Let's shag. Come on, well, you he doesn't guys. say it, but we know he's thinking it. And uh, and then I think uh. he disappears. And then it turns out the whole thing is some horrible physical anomaly, and she gets saved. No, it was Wesley Crusher. Yeah, fucking Wes. Fucking with something on yes. the ship. Yeah. Wes causing some sort of fucking <laughs> science experiment anomaly. And uh, yeah, and they bring they they bring back a spoiler alert, uh, they bring back a character from an earlier episode who was a, sort of a weird space-time mentor to Wes. Oh, the fucking the traveler. traveler. Yeah. yeah, I forgot it was that. He he kind of t- yeah. teleports in to save it's the like, day, whoop, help whoop, whoop. save the day at the end. And yeah. He talks about how warp fields and human emotions are all part of the same material. Which I wish you could, I wish we had a camera so you could see me making a jack-off motion right now with my hand because, uh... Yeah. So here's my deal with that episode. I fucking love the premise. Mm-hmm. I love that Bev is freaking out over what's going on and it's a big mysterious thing. And I feel like that could have been like a really, really, really great 40 minutes mm-hmm. and then boom, a quick denouement. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's the explanation comes out of nowhere that oh, it's it's a confusion caused by an experiment Wes was doing and then things are resolved. Mm-hmm. And it might have felt like a quick fix but it would have been a much more interesting episode. Whereas instead, I felt like it was like 10, 15 minutes maybe where they really ran with a premise. And then they cut to the B-roll of 
fucking the crew outside the pocket universe being like, oh, no, what's going on with Beverly and the blah, 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 blah. And then it became this dumb fucking Star Trek procedural about a pocket universe. And there's literally nothing interesting about that. Like, the only thing you could even argue was interesting was the idea that there's this development of Wes as this nascent child god thing. Which, honestly, I think the idea is interesting, but the show really didn't do a whole lot with. And they basically just found a way to write Wes off when Will Wheaton was dissatisfied with the whole thing Hmm. and got out. And so it's like it's it's 15 minutes of really good episode and then like 30 minutes of just who gives a shit. Because once you really, really thoroughly spoil the question of what's going on with Bev and these disappearing people, it's boring at that point. Like there's nothing interesting about Bev being trapped in this pocket universe once it's like, uh-oh, Wesley's homework went awry. Because it's like it's just, uh, we already know what's going on. There's no mystery. It's just like, oh, there's a problem and Wes will fix it at the end. Uh, there could be. I mean, there's an argument to be made that you're still sort of rooting for her to figure it out, and yeah, and but she doesn't it, seeing you it know? through her that's, eyes. That's you... the thing; they don't do anything. No, she does there either. She well, does. She sort of catches on to some extent, but then she gets yanked out a hole at the end, rather than like having the agency to solve the problem. On mm, her. It requires it requires them on both sides of the portal or whatever to to both be a part of it. I may be judging it somewhat harshly through dim memory of it, but I remember being. Yeah, it's she actually. She, you're right that she has very little agency at the end. She has to figure out where on the ship to stand. I think. Yeah. Because that's, like, that's where not, the. That's not great, you know. Yeah, but the but the most of the heavy lifting is being done on the the rest of the crew's side of yeah. the parallel universes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not an incredible episode, and you're right that it it, um, it tips its hand in a way that's just does it the intrigue. If they'd at least um, waited until Act 3 to tip the hand, sure. I think I would have been more happy with it. Sure. And I think um, it would have been a stronger episode of television. I think it would have been like – I think if they had done that differently and directed it to really be a slow burn existential yeah. mystery for like at least two-thirds of the episode, it's, it's it would hard have to fill, a classic episode. It's hard to fill a lot of time with her wandering around and having the same argument over and over again. Well, though. you know, you're writers. That's their job. You know, that's, well, that's, uh, why they they put, that's why they put the other thing in to well, fill yeah, it but out. The other, thing was so dull. the other thing, you know what the other thing was? It was a fucking medical soap opera is what it was. Uh. It was it was operating room drama that means nothing just for the sake of having the main characters have drama, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that bugs me. Is like there was nothing of consequence there. There was nothing interesting. It was just characters we already know being worried about someone who we knew was going to be okay. And it's like, who cares? Who fucking cares that you're like, oh no, I hope we can save Bev. Like everybody watching the show knows we're gonna because we're not gonna kill her. One thing that Star Trek did um, that no show I was aware of before it was kill a main character, though, in Tasha Yar. And I think that there – this is a conversation I've had on the movie podcast, too. But I think that even though we know the show didn't have the courage to do anything like that again, really, or maybe courage is the wrong word, but – but knowing that they were capable of it made them able to imperil main characters in ways that at least you had a teeny f- fraction of fear that they would actually do something like that. I, I guess. I mean, and I may not. I mean, to be fair, at the time I was a kid when it was airing, mm-hmm. and and I wasn't particularly uh, media savvy at mm-hmm. the time. You know, certainly. And and so it may be a thing where I didn't appreciate the degree to which, like, even killing off Tasha Yar in season one was a thing, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, it's weird to me to think back because, you know, when I think of when I think of being nervous about a main character being killed off, I think Game of Thrones right now mm-hmm. as, like, absolutely 
the current contemporary famous example of someone saying, you know what, we can just fucking kill characters right. we, that you care about. You know, and compared to that, compared to the uncertainty that comes with that and the number of major character deaths that have come out of more or less nowhere on that show, um, at least if you haven't read the books, um, thinking of Tasha Yar setting some tone for Next Generation feels really silly because Next Generation really does feel very sort of placid and safe and conservative and very status quo from episode to episode, mm-hmm. you know, with, with a few exceptions and with a few sort of long arc character touches, but for the most part, it was a it was a show shot for syndication. Like they right. were still very much in that sort of like, you know what? Let's just write our show so it doesn't matter what order you watch the episodes in. It'll just be that familiar old cast, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's like ten special episodes across the series, across like two hundred episodes, where it really, really matters what episode you watch in what order, mm-hmm. and where you get that callback experience. And otherwise, it's kind of like eh, it's the crew; they're doing their thing, and that's not bad. But it is a very specific, more old-fashioned way of making TV that I really have a hard time thinking of Star Trek as a show, certainly during Next Generation, where you would be worried about anybody dying. Right. Also, Tasha's no, death I, was so lame and bullshit. Have you watched that recently? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like, I, I finally got around to watching that episode again for the first time in probably 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm as that was one of those big, crazy fucking moments in Next Generation. And then she just sort of gets zapped. And then she's dead. And then everyone's like, oh, man, Tasha died. Mm-hmm. And Data's like, oh, yeah, that lady I had sex with in the episode that we pretty much don't talk about because mm-hmm. it was the pilot and it was kind of weird. Naked Now was the pilot? No. I th- First few episodes. Second episode, maybe? No, the pilot was Encounter at Farpoint. Yeah, but... Was it was it Naked Now where he is that why they called it Naked Now? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, the, real yeah, early. It was real early. I, I don't mind being corrected on stuff like that, FYI, listeners. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Write to us and let us know. Right. Uh, put it in your iTunes review. Yeah. Put it in the iTunes review. Put it in the in the in the comment section. Uh, just tweet at us. I'm yeah. At Josh Millard, he's at Scumbly. We've got mm-hmm. it on the we've got it on the yeah. website. I just want people to say that I'm right and Josh is wrong. Yes. I, the more, I, I want to hear more the precise opposite. That. So yeah. So the more we can get. Uh, if you've people. made an iTunes review already, but you want to comment on a specific episode inappropriately in a review, mm-hmm. just borrow a friend's account. Use your parents' account. Use your spouse's account. Your brothers, your sisters. There's you know, a lot of very easily people really passwords. don't lock their computers. You're yeah. over at their house. Dinner party, babysitting their cats. Just hop on iTunes real quick. Yeah. If they don't have it, install it. You know, make up a fake account for them. Yeah, it's very, it's very easy, easy to come easy up to, with an email account to send yourself a password reset yeah, when just, you have access to the person's email. So make it's it fine. happen. Yeah, just go ahead and put a few reviews in there saying how right Jesse is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. Yeah. What, who? What? What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we're talking about Star Trek. You're oh, to, uh, God, that's new. The, the, the Trek shoot. <laughs> Trek shoot. Uh, Episode number twenty. I can should tell we, sh- from the URL. Should, should, should we talk explicitly about the uh, the pre roll stuff on this episode with the with the disc golfing and all that? Or um, yeah, we never really do that. The 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 well, no, we've talked about it. We've talked about the pre. Usually, usually we don't know what the pre episode is beforehand because we record them after the fact right. and then just add them in, so we can't really work off it. But I've talked about yeah. Um, uh, the idea of doing more of them and yeah. using them as interstitials and things like that. Um, but I guess we did something. We will have done something different this time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, that was yeah. That was all Josh. It's a good idea. It was. It was. It was. It was a fun thing, and hopefully the audio quality will be tolerable enough that uh, 
you won't be like not listening to this podcast already because you've turned it off because the audio quality was so bad. But uh, yeah, or it could be that Josh deletes all the recordings. It's before possible. They it's possible. Make it I really in, had. So. To, so we so so we went we went disc golfing and I took my Zoom H2 recorder that I bought uh, several years ago. For I think uh, you should we, people should know that we were actually disc golfing while recording all that. Yeah, we actually were. <laughs> like as much as as much as it may have sounded like we were sitting in my basement bullshitting about disc golfing. The audio right. quality would have been with, much better in that case. With wind blowing over the microphone somehow in, fact, in the basement. In we fact, were, we were at an actual disc golf course mm-hmm. golfing disc mm-hmm. and, uh, and recording uh, at various – mostly I think we ended up just recording at tees. A couple of segments that I thought we were recording where I hadn't actually hit record a second time were while we were walking around. But, uh, but mostly I think we stood around and, and talked. And, and I, I had a good time. It turns out that podcasting and doing other things are kind of hard to meld. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to stop doing the other thing to podcast to make it sane at all. Uh, was was my takeaway from that? Like I felt like that was when it worked when we could stop and focus on actually uh, making up silly bullshit. Eh, I don't know. We were trying something out, so we yeah. took a lot of attention, and none of it was sane. I think that's the wrong choice of words. Um, but uh, audible, no. yeah, audible <laughs> right? Audible is more. Um, yes. No, that was fun. I would love to do more weird ass episodes. I think we should try that. I think we should. The more the more gimmickry we can interject, the better. I, I, I think I think we should go to a local uh, uh, entertainment wrestling match and just podcast from the back row. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of amazing. We should go to a baseball game. God. I think that'd be good. The, you, you, what, what you guys didn't get to hear was the cast of characters we bumped into while oh, just golfing yes. on this place. I wish we had just kept it running, the recording running the whole time, because we've met some interesting um, people who yes. were very enthusiastic about helping us uh, disc golf. They were all pretty sweaty and all at least a little chemically altered. Yeah. Uh, very exhilarating. Yeah. <laughs> Good people. God bless you. God bless you, weirdos of the world. By yeah, the none, way. None I really feel none, that none way. None of them were dicks or scary. They were yeah. just. Uh, they, they, they all seemed like they were. They were on a little something. Uh, yeah, high on slightly more than life. Yeah, but uh, but but all being you know helpful. Well, that one lady wasn't helpful, but she that's because she was asking for help. She was mm-hmm. trying to figure out if we'd seen a guy on a bike, mm-hmm. and I had just seen two twelve-year-olds go by on bikes, and for some reason I felt compelled to declare that I had in fact seen someone on a bike. But they were twelve. Gonna... Whereas probably what I should have said was no. And this is this is me just like being stymied by my own instinct to try and be helpful without mm. thinking about whether or not I'm actually helping. Because uh, I think she was looking for someone who was more of like a, a peer mm-hmm. uh, who who was not twelve. Uh, but we had not seen them, and then she wandered off. And and yeah, that one guy gave us a ton of really detailed instructions on how to play like holes six through ten before we established that no, no. Really, we're looking for a whole eleven. He's like, "Oh, you let me ramble." He's like, "Well, yeah, yeah, God, I love what that." What we're we gonna do? Fucking tackle you? He's like, "Shut the fuck up! Stop telling us about hole ten. We know." Uh, but uh, but but at the same time, he was nice, yeah. and he had a dog named Isis. Oh, was I it? missed that. It might have been Isaac or something else, oh, but okay. I, I want to say I'm going to declare it. it was Isis. He named his dog Isis after, after the goddess, after the uh, Iraq insurgency. Why you go? No, no, no. Why? Why you got to be like that? Why you got to politicize this shit? Oh, Jesus Christ! I've really done it. I've Jesus really, Christ! I've really made a horrible He's our Lord mistake. Lord and Savior. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of politicizing it, yes. Um, what do you think of this beer? It's actually nice. It's it's really unremarkable. Actually, this is a uh, this is the Cooch Select Lager, brewed with Bull Run Water, Portland, Oregon. You know, it's it's like it's exact. It is like the most middle of the road beer 
you could have. Like it's local. It's named after a reservoir. It's exactly 5% alcohol. Mm -hmm. It's 18 IBUs, which is just enough to be a little bit hoppy. But for Portland, it's not even really notable. Cooch Street is really near Burnside, which is like the midway through town. It's a lager, which, oh, my God, I wish you could see it. (laughs) Jesse managed to balance his his beer at a 45-degree angle. Over Josh's MacBook Pro. Yep, which I really appreciate. (laughs) Uh, Is it a good time for a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Okay. Let's go uh, back from the break. Let's take a break. I think I'm going to take a break back. Let's, let's take a quick break. <laughs> I'm just saying, why don't we come back out from the break? On a day? Oh. I'll quick break. I think I'll cut it a quicker break. Let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break. Let's wait. Mm-hmm. A quick break. A boom, 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 Let's boom, take. boom, 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 Let's take a quick break. Boom, 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 Let's take a quick break. 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 And we're back. We're back. And we're back. Where I'm. I'm. I'm Moltar, he's Brack. <laughs> you can do a better Moltar than that. Um, we can't do that. They'll kick us off the air. I think Moltar! Man, uh, we, that's, that's man I can't do it. I was doing it. <laughs> Space Coast. Mm. Yeah. That was, uh, I was going to start a Zorak, uh, but then I just lost it, too. Uh, Space Coast. Uh, Are you getting <laughs> enough oxygen? <clears throat> I do not need oxygen. We are uh, having some trouble. Uh, remember, I'm not Highway 40 in my big old truck. Yeah, that has been our impression of Space Ghost. You're listening to Bad Impressions of Space Ghosts. <laughs> Bad Impressions of Better Shows, the podcast. <laughs> Space Ghost is pretty fantastic. I, I, yeah, I, it holds up so well. I was too. Introduced to it by, by by Angela. I think she had been exposed to it before. Nice. I had, and uh, way one to of be many Angela. things. She 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 actually has been the progenitor of uh, my awareness. But the progenitor of my awareness, mm-hmm. sure, sure, of of a, of a number of like key media properties. I had never mm. heard of the Pixies before I met her. Actually, wow. The first time I really became aware of the Pixies was when we saw Fight Club. Uh, oh my god! In Seattle, really? when she was a freshman at UW, I can barely even can imagine reason. that scene coming up and not just immediately having that pang of recognition from years ago. See, and imagine how fucking amazing that <laughs> scene was when you didn't even know the Pixies existed. I don't know. And if then it, would be. it seems like says, it'd be less amazing. It's a great fucking song, and it's yeah. exactly the right thing to fucking punch mm-hmm. the roof. So I was like, I was like. Last line of the film, you know, mm-hmm. Marley, you've met me at a very strange point in my life, or mm-hmm. whatever he says. And then, I'll use my cover of uh, Where's My Mind. To, you're listening to Bad Impressions of Good Songs, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> uh, some, somewhere in this podcast, I'll try and remember to use uh, my cover of Where's My Mind as uh, interstitial music, because I, I did one a few years back, because I really like that song. It's oh, great. Tell me it wasn't acapella, please. No, 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 no. Okay. It was actually a relatively straightforward one. Uh, sure. Not super well studied, but I threw some theremin on, so hey. Uh, theremin would fit well, it seems like. Yeah, I, I, I did a theremin solo. I'm looking forward to hearing yeah. this episode, yeah. so yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, that's that's right. You listen to our episodes. Yeah, um, I'm still. I, I've I've thought a couple of times about listening to episodes <laughs> of podcasts I've recorded, and I got pretty close actually. But there's so much 
other stuff that I haven't heard before because I wasn't there. Right. That I still haven't heard. There's so, so like, much even... better stuff. To... No, sorry. Yeah. I said I wasn't well, going to do it, and here I am doing gotta, it again. Why are you going to be so God fucking negative? Damn it. Jesus Christ wow. is our Lord and Savior. Uh... <sighs> I think it's good. I think. I mean, I've said it a hundred times, but I think it's good to hear Stop yourself talking. work, and I think it helps you <laughs> get better at do things. You, do, you specifically, do you specifically feel moved to complain about the quality of the podcast because you listen to it? Or are those two different symptoms of the same disease of the soul? It's, they're two symptoms of the same disease of the soul. I like mean, it's, it's, it's because I think it's funny when people are, are know they're running a catastrophe in some scenarios. Um, it's like a, just a joke that's always worked on me, so it just always kind of finds its way into my banter. Um, and also just my own insecurity, obviously. I'm always worried that I could be doing something better than I'm currently doing it or whatever. And it's just sort of a way of laughing at myself Yeah. in that way, I guess. I don't know. It's, See, my feeling is you could always be doing something better than you're doing it. So, like, don't get fucking hung up on it because, like, you're doing something. Oh, like, my biggest problem creatively is not doing things. Like, that mm. – and I, I spent – I feel like uh, really in the last few years I've spent more time not doing things than I should which is weird because, like, I, I feel like I do a fair amount of stuff, but at the same time, I tend to be aware of when I'm not doing a thing more than when I'm doing it. Like, when I'm doing it, I'm doing it, and I'm in it, and whatever, I'm making it, I put it out there, and it's like, hey, I made a thing, and hope there's a response. When I'm not doing a thing, there's no response because I'm not doing it, and I'm constantly fucking aware that I'm not. Hmm. Uh, LARP Trek is, once again, like, more than a month since its last update, and its last update was a hand-drawn strip from... Uh, a lake in Montana when I wasn't actually updating it because I was on vacation and I've apparently just stayed on vacation which is on the one hand it's okay because whatever I'll do it when I do it or I'll never do it again but on the other hand I like doing it and I feel bad about not having gotten it done and it's a very it's a complicated thing it's there there's no there's no real simple way to uh, navigate those waters because like uh, whatever you know it's it's weird I'm I'm weird in the head about it hmm. um but I, I very rarely regret spending time doing a thing. The tricky thing is getting myself into motion. Because like once I get into motion, every once in a while I work hard on something and it completely doesn't manifest. And I'm kind of blue about that because like, oh, fuck. I worked on this and I worked on it and it just turned into a pile of shit. And I don't like what I made. But most of the time it's more like I didn't make anything. It didn't have a chance to turn into a pile of shit because I'm like uh, spinning in circles and not just doing it. So – so I guess I guess with the podcast, one of the things I like about this podcast, real talk. Can we have some real talk? Oh no! Can we talk real? Jesus! One of the things I like about the podcast is we hit record and fuck, it gets done. Like it may take me three weeks to put out an episode sometimes because mm-hmm. let's say three weeks is generous and not uh, you know shortchanging some of the longer interims. But in any case, we record it, it gets done. Like we record it, it happens. We talk. I feel. Pretty good about that. I like the fact that, you know, our random rambling conversations where you nod politely while I go on at great length about the creative process end up on tape and boom. You know, it's like nothing else really – nothing critical has to happen there. We just need to sort of glue it together, put the fake podcast stuff on the front and boom, it's done. You know, and that's actually – it's a a relatively gratifying thing about the whole podcasting format. It may not be uh, the most – conceptually amazing work I've ever done or whatever, but it's it's what it is. Some people like it. We make it. We enjoy making it. Boom. That's 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 a nice set of happy feelings all rolled up into one uh, sort of 
superstructure, if you will. The word there was suburp superstructure. It's a German word. Josh and I are sitting really close for this episode because... <laughs> you, you usually can't smell those, can you? Yeah, not quite like this, for sure. And we both have just been disc golfing, too, so we're both pretty ripe to start with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's yeah, a, this is... Um, this is an intimate episode of the, of the crapshoot. Yeah, it's, um, if you had, were experiencing this in Smell-O-Vision, you would be experiencing quite a bit. Did you right see now. that recent uh, Smell-O-Vision like, startup? No. Or, or smello Smello net, I guess. It wasn't mm-hmm. trying to be vision, but uh, yeah, someone is once again, and I think it might be the same people who have tried this previously like 10 years ago, hmm. but uh, in any case, like it may be the same paths moving around. Someone is once again trying to kickstart, uh, both in the figurative and in the literal commercial sense, uh, a remote smell communication system. Hmm where you can create a palette for another person to smell. And this is the thing that's sort of bullshit. What it is is it's got, it's got various uh, odor rods. It's got like two different rods. <laughs> rods? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not just word rods. It's odor rods is yes. a very funny term. Yes. Sorry. It's a rule juror. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's got two different rods, each of which can exude one of like eight or 16 different chemical compound odors mm-hmm. and so you can dial up a, a a melange of of odors from these small set of predefined odors to sort of define the smell experience you're trying to convey to the other person and then they can receive that specific smell combination on their end if you if they own a you know output console for this mm-hmm. thing um, and the idea is good you know, it's just, it feels like it's really falling short because it's not like Why you can is... hold up your phone and just sample the air and communicate that specific smell. You have to say, you know what really is like what it smells like in this bistro in Paris right now? Uh, bread and tobacco. And, you know, it's like, it's, that's, it's kind of a really bullshitty, super reductive, like pixel graphics version of an odor sensation limited by what this company's decided are the odors that should be the fundamental odors of communicating smell. You've lost me at it's a good idea, because why is it a good idea? What, do you, what utility think, does it have? I think the core idea is, well, okay, so, so sense memory. We, 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 memory is associated with a whole bunch of senses, mm-hmm. and smell is actually one of the strongly correlated sense memories we have. You can really dig out some deep memories with smell. Uh, I would say, uh, for example, um, I was up in Montana earlier this summer, and my family has a, 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 a cabin by a lake up there. That's mm-hmm. the cabin that my uh, bio we've, dad grew up in, and we've talked about it. We've heard about it, yeah. Um, and we got up there earlier this summer, and I had this experience every single time I'm there, and I'm surprised by it every single time, even though I know I shouldn't be surprised. We walk in the front door, and it really smells like that cabin. Like, it, it's, it's just a cabin but, like, there's nowhere else that smells like it. It smells exactly how it smells. Something about the wood and the furniture and and the, the carpet and just everything about that particular cabin smells like that cabin. Mm-hmm. And it's not anything that I could convey in any other terms other than this is how this place smells. And it's such a profound – like, if if you could actually sample that odor and just introduce it to me in a random context, I'd be like, holy shit – yeah, the cabin. It just seems like that's such a special case. I mean, of course, there's things like that for me too. Um, 
but w- w- you know that doesn't it doesn't compel me to have a day to day thing where I can sample a smell at any given moment. Whereas a camera, I mean, there's an infinite number of things that may be worth capturing a picture of, but smells it just seems like. I mean, I can see that there's special cases where, yeah, it would be amazing to be able to reproduce that smell, but is this, there's so few and far between and easily worked around for me. Well, and that's that, like thing. it doesn't. There's nothing compelling about. I feel that. like the technology is not anywhere near a point where it actually gets compelling. Is the problem? Even I if feel it like, was as point and shoot as a camera, I still would never fucking use that. I think. I think. I think you might be surprised. I think if it actually was as point and shoot as a camera, I feel like it would. I would take smell shots, snapshots. I think smells, you would be surprised at how much of an emotional influence it could have on you. Snap basically. smells. Yeah, well, smell fees. Smell. Yeah. <laughs> God, oh, that was all worth it for that. Uh, I'm recycling that. I made that joke on Metafilter like a month ago. So I've been primed. It totally. I didn't go in this direction for that, but once you went there. Oh, man. Smell uh, fees. Seriously, yeah. Kids shooting smell fees. That's. uh, But well, yeah, no, I feel let like... Let me tell I, you about an experience I had last night, and um, I, I... Does it involve odors? Yeah, there's a, um, there's a guy who I knew when I was 14 years old, he was a couple years older, uh, I really, like, admired him, and I had, but, but and, like, I, you know, we kind of spent a summer, uh, really inseparable from each other, um, and, uh... Now, fast forward, what, 16, 18 years, and uh, I, I find out that he lives in Portland and he's playing a show. He's playing in, uh, uh, he's a one-man kind of folk rock guy uh, band, and he, so I go, and he's already playing when I get there. It's just at this teeny little, you know, like bar slash cafe thing, and I show up, and I just sit down, and I'm watching him, and it's tripping me out. And, you know, I've never heard any of his music before or anything because, again, I haven't, you know, seen or really thought about him in a very long time. Um, so I'm, like, having this, like, very overwhelming nostalgic feeling from it. And um, he uh, starts playing a song, and I'm it's, it's like, really it's, – it's really a, a very nicely written song. I'm really liking it. And I start to get this wa- real wave of nostalgia come over me, and it starts to, like, really, like, feel uh, like a body nostalgia in this funny way. And I'm and I start to even like like smell like the a, a fireplace or like a campfire or something while he's playing on the acoustic guitar and singing, and then the smell gets stronger and stronger, and I'm like this is like a real intense emotion I must be feeling right now, and um and I look up and and it occurs to me that the I realize the spotlight that's on him is too close to the crossbeam on the ceiling of the place he's playing and it's starting a fire and there's literally the roof is literally burning and smoke is pouring down on the audience as he goes on with the song and I'm like oh wow and the smell only gets stronger and stronger and I'm like I'm still sort of it's like because it's really really old really really dark wood and the smell of it burning is really pleasant and so I'm still liking it, and I'm glad that he doesn't stop. But yeah, he's noticing too. There's a fire like right above his head on the in the building. That is that is amazing. 
That is the best show story I've heard in a while. And then, yeah, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, someone puts a, like, so they scramble around and someone puts a fan out and turns it on high to, like, clear, try and blow Oh, that's some what you want to do when, you, when you're worried about a fire well, they starting take is the, you want to blow air And in. they get up and they you take know. the thing down and they're, like, calling oh, people Jesus. and trying to figure out what to do and stuff. And so, like, as, as he wraps up the song, <laughs> there's, like, people running around and there's fans blowing the smoke away and people are coughing. And, uh, and, you know, they're, they're, the whole thing is like this weird, weird scenario. And he's like, and he just, there's just a silence for a minute. And he's like, so do I keep playing or what? <laughs> is this very funny. Is this the basis of a, a <laughs> reputation of the validity of the, the olfactory sense memory thing? Or just a, a, a random jaunt, though? Are you trying to use this to suggest that maybe there's situational environmental factors that are... I'm saying that the the smell sensation was a big part of enjoying that particular oh, song yeah. for me, and um, but uh, it, I don't mean it as a point or counterpoint in favor or against anything that you're saying. Just sort of on it's the just on like, the subject. Yeah, while we're, on the subject. While we're there. It's uh, smell has a very profound nostalgic tinge to it, um, it but also sometimes it just means the, the building is on fire. Yes, and you should do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little, maybe a little bit of both. That literally happened to me last night. Oh, I didn't. Jesus. I also didn't expect the smell thing to come up. But. Ah, yes. Smell vision. Smell vision. In summary, yeah. Uh, yes. Jeez. Wow. That's that is that is impressive. Yeah. I mean, there was a, you know everyone had a joke about his smoldering good looks and what you know he. he he lit the place up. It's, I don't know. Every every dumb joke that we could make was made at some point. He wasn't actually that <laughs> handsome. I wish I wish there was a way to convey vocally when I'm turning to the microphone to make an aside because that it works much better as a joke if I'm physically diverting from the conversation <laughs> than if I'm just making a comment that you can hear just as well as sure. everyone else. Well, you've never met this guy, so that's a little rude of you to say it that. It is, but I've never <laughs> met him, so it's obviously not personal. Oh, okay. So, you know, that's that's the flip side of it. Sure. That's the anterior side of it. That's mm. the uh that's the far the Larson, the far side, the Larsonian view. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's 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 our new thing. Okay, that's that's what you <laughs> your homework. Oh good, what's for, our new for, thing? For Jesse yeah. and, and for our listeners. Uh-huh. From now on, if you need to communicate the, the, the other side of something or the far side of something, you're gonna say the Larsonian view. After Gary Larson, author of famed surrealist comic strip, The Far Side. Yeah. You know what so. doesn't hold up for me? The Far Side. I really, really liked that really? a lot. And that, and I go back and I reread Far Side uh, uh, comics, and they just there's no joke in, in so many of them. Well, but they're, It's like an animal's doing a thing that a person would do. It's, it's, is the joke, like 85% of the time. It's Dada-esque. And, Sometimes fat people are doing dumb things. It's and it's sometimes there's. I should I should I should say I haven't actually sat down with like a far side gallery. I think you should, yeah, before you go to bat for something. But I really I, I want to I want to fight you right now. I know I was I really physically violent. assault you. I had the the prehistory of the far side that book with the the picture of the kid looking at the dinosaur skeleton yeah. on the front. It's, it's very, got the foreword where he talks about the time he like made the astronaut drawing where he blew red paint through a straw. To make an astronaut's head explode, and his teacher was like, "It's oh, horrible. Yeah. You'd be famous." And... <laughs> which, which was one of the, my most beloved possessions. That book for a long time, but I, I have to say, going back to the Far Side, it's not, it's not timeless. 
Do you think it's because his work actually doesn't hold up, or is it because time has advanced to the point where it has embraced a degree of casual surrealism and Dadaism that was not present in the, say, mid-'80s when he was a force in newspaper comics? I think he just came off, he comes off like a nice guy who doesn't like have real jokes to tell, in my mind. He just seems like he just has fun doing it, and there's an appeal to that, and a... Uh, you know, I really, he seems like a really wonderful dude and I love that he did that, but I'm like, when I'm reading the comics, it's just like, what is there to even laugh at? I don't I feel even like know you what just I was laughing at. Describe this podcast. I feel like, sure. I feel I, like I'll take that. I'll that's take an that. indictment of the thing we're doing right now. I kind of think it was like, yeah, no, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to have a point. It doesn't have to have a, a, a structural, you know concept underlying it it's not a concept album you just you know no 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 nice i'm time, saying there's no punchline i'm just saying there's no joke there a lot of the times he just draws something because he that's what he feels like drawing well but do, do you feel like he was i think trying s- to make a joke smelfies smelfies is a punchline <laughs> right but that's not <laughs> something you would see me against larson yeah in my defense of larson <laughs> yeah that's that's the cruelest cut mm-hmm. that's the unkindest cut that's the cut that's least kind mm-hmm. that's as far as kindness goes, that cut doesn't rate. It's not a, not a big cut on the kindness scale. Mm-hmm. On a scale from one to seven where one is least kind and seven is most kind, mm-hmm. that's like a two at best. I thought you said it didn't rate. That's, uh, it rates low. Okay. Low is like not rating. Like it's like it's no, like not it's, not, it's really. like not getting a passing it's not really grade. Like Cuz like, you know, if you get like a 60%, if you're lucky that's a D. If you're 55, that's an F. That doesn't that doesn't rate as a passing grade. It right. rates obviously. There's a scale on which you can rate it, but it doesn't rate in a meaningful sense of a success. Everyone go back and reread a bunch of Farside uh, comics and then uh, comment to me and Josh about how I'm right and he's wrong. Go Please to iTunes. Go to iTunes. And leave a review that consists entirely of the caption of a Farside episode. <laughs> episode. That's another thing. An episode of Farside. Here's another thing to look for when you're rereading these Farsides. Um, are any of them improved by the caption under the, under the thing or would they be better without the caption and just See, as a I drawing? I feel like you're making contradictory Because they're here. redundant. It's redundant. In so many cases, think, it's unnecessary. I think you're confused when you're talking about Family Circus. Uh-uh. I think that's what happened. Did you know that Family Circus was originally called Family Circle, and then Bill Keen ran into legal trouble with the magazine Family Circus? And that's why it's the Family Circle. What? It's not the Family Circle. It's the Family Circus. I mean, the other way around. The other way around. The magazine was called Family Circle or Family Circus? Family Circle. Okay. He ran into legal trouble with a pre-existing legal entity. Right. Okay. And so he had to rename his you're not, shitty comics. You're not right. saying he renamed it to match the magazine no, no, he out renamed of spite it, somehow. No, no. That would okay. be amazing. <laughs> and I would, I would love an alternate universe. Imagine an alternate universe mm-hmm. in which Bill Keen was a son of a bitch. Sure. And our podcast was done by people who were disc golfing. <laughs> if you can imagine I, – I mean, it's a crazy – I know it's – Woo! But, you know, just run with it. Right. Imagine that we are currently throwing discs at weird upright holes mm-hmm. in a park. And Bill Keen was like Bill Hicks. <laughs> Bill Hicks Keen, a hyphenated last name uh-huh. of an incredibly profane and angry, chain-smoking, stand-up newspaper comic. Mm-hmm. Who talked about foibles in uh, the nuclear yeah. family? Okay, yeah. Bill. So why am Bill, I? Bill Hicks Keen would be like, you know, right. hey, 
Who told the marketers to fucking kill themselves? <laughs> I don't know. And then there's a not me. Not me. Right and then there, Grandma yeah. would be like floating, sitting there, and thinking about Grandpa who would have a gun and he was shooting a marketer. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's basically that's it. That's we've reached the apotheosis. There's, of a, my common there's sense a picture of, of a map of a rundown neighborhood with a dotted line showing where yes. he had been crawling around looking for a score. Yes, and it's labeled gentrification, and there's needles and, mm-hmm. and white people, and there's a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Where, where were we going with this? Was this I don't know. Do you point? think in 35 years they'll think we're racist? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They'll be like, oh my God, they ate bacon. So racist. So racist against bacon. Man, I'm done with the internet being all about bacon. Seriously, I'm, I'm pretty tired of that. Have we moved on the bit to you actually stating your feelings? FYI, because because uh, bacon. The thing is, let's be clear: bacon as a food is pretty great. If you don't have sure, it's fine. Whatever. I don't. Yeah. You know, you know, prohibitions against it. It's good food. But yeah, the internet really has been kind of. Woo bacon for a while, and it's it's been the yeah. thing is it's, it's like been running to the ground for years. Just celebrate something else, because yeah. you know let's let's not taint bacon. Basically, I don't want to feel bad about bacon. I don't want the anti-bacon backlash to be so great that I actually have negative thoughts while eating right. bacon. Because Josh really, doesn't want your taint bacon in his mouth. Seriously, yeah, yeah. Get get that. Get stop dangling. <laughs> That taint bacon in the vicinity of my oral cavity. Yes, yeah. it's just you know. How many times do we have to tell you people stop doing that? Oof. Can I ask you a, a, a question, a prediction? When in, in the future, when you're listening to this in yeah, smell-o-vision, no, you're yes. going to really have experienced Ooh. that as much as it just, I. It smells like beer. You yeah. ate like a bag of tortilla chips. I ate like three. Okay. I'm just saying, if you were burping, I'd have more complaints than than you have. About oh, me. I had some bad ones earlier for sure. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that you're not burping, I guess I appreciate it. But sure. still, you know, it's okay. Uh, so question, it's okay. question I'm just for you, you a hard time, Jesse. You, yeah. Hi. Not, not the listener. I mean, the listener can participate. You can answer back too if you want. Shout but really loud into your MP3 player, and we'll hear you. What I want to ask is: right now, we're recording together mm-hmm. into a single mic, shoulder to like, shoulder. Yeah, shoulder, shoulder, like because a of foot away from it. Poor foresight on Josh's part, is, I think, if I understood yes. his story correctly. Yes, well, yeah, but anyway, we're going into the single mic, yeah. but we're in my basement, and we've got a, a, a foam baffle behind us, because mm-hmm. as I think we discussed previous episode, baffles, mm-hmm. um, whereas previously we were recording into my Zoom recorder at the park while disc golfing, Yeah, while having our discourse... On oh, the disc course. On the disc course. Yeah. Oh, well, I get I, it. I still feel... You know, you just now catch that? Yeah. yeah re- really? No. Okay. I'm Cause, just joking. Because I, I didn't know why you would have liked it earlier if you hadn't gotten it. It would have been very, uh, very uh, false of you to present. Well, just patronizing. That's all. Yeah. Or, or, or or like like that thing where it's like, oh, you know in that movie? And you're like, I haven't seen that movie. But out loud, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause just because you don't want to have a Did conversation. Did you do that as a kid? I did that as a kid a lot. People were like, oh, you know in that movie with the boom? Blah, blah, blah. Pretended to see movies? Well, to pretend to have seen movies. Because like, people would be like, oh, remember that thing in that movie? And like, you, you want to be like a participant in the conversation. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they say the thing, and you're like, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. But oh, yeah, 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 it yeah. No, like that was something so I would have done, I guess. Even as a kid, I was really spoiler-averse. So if I hadn't seen a movie, I would usually just be like, no, don't tell me. I, I don't think I had any concept of spoiler aversion as a kid. Yeah. As a kid, I was just like, I was mostly like socially isolated and didn't really have a sense of how to 
have a conversation that was interesting. Oh, about I was socially and physically isolated from other. I mean, I lived way outside of town, and I didn't, you know, socialize hardly at all. But I was all. I was already insufferable about shit like movie spoilers, even as a little guy. See, I had no idea. Yeah, like people would. I would basically pretend I had seen something without even thinking about the question of whether I would enjoy seeing it later. I don't think I really had a sense that I could just decide to see something later. Right. Like I only saw the things that I happened to see, and I remember distinctly having a discussion. Uh, down the block from my parents' house in uh, outside of... Josh, is this still leading to a question for me? I don't remember anymore. Okay. I just want to tell a story, so <laughs> shut the fuck up. And I'm going to tell a story. I'm standing outside Chris Newkirk's house down the other end of the block from, yeah. from my house growing up. And I'm standing around with like Chris Newkirk and probably Rylan Penning and uh, maybe Pat McClintock. Ooh, shout out to Pat. And uh, Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Josh just threw up the horn, so I hope you're not too religious, pet. <laughs> no, no, he's a good guy. Um, so we're standing around, and we're talking about Monster Squad. Mm. Have you seen Monster Squad? No, uh, Aaron, uh, my co-host on In the Cut, has long been trying to get Monster Squad that in is, the rotation. That has to go in the fucking rotation. Yeah. That could be a fucking season two premiere. Yeah, he's... It's not um, a good film, but <laughs> it's a film. He's very amped on Monster Squad. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I'm right there with Aaron. Fucking A, Aaron. Um, although you said he doesn't listen to this podcast, so fuck you, Aaron. Yeah, fuck um, you, Aaron. Jesus. Get your shit together. Who are you? Me? <laughs> um, so uh, so we're standing around talking about Monster Squad, which I had not seen. Mm, I, already mm-hmm. heard. I had no idea what this was. And someone was like, remember the Monster Squad? was like, hey, kick Wolfman in the Nards. And mm-hmm. the other guy was like, hey, no, no, Wolfman doesn't even have Nards. He's like, kick him in the Nards anyway. And then they kick him in the Nards. And it's like, oh. And they're like, Wolfman's got Nards. And mm-hmm. I, the whole time I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was so funny. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, not in those exact words because I wasn't being adult me remembering being a kid lying. But – I was totally misrepresenting, having yeah. been aware of, and I was like, "Yeah." And most of the time, this goes pretty well because if others, someone else, if someone else is basically saying, "Hey, remember that thing where blah 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 blah," and you say, "Yeah," mm-hmm. it's not a problem. But then someone was like, "Hey, remember that commercial?" This was a, a different situation sometime in middle school. Where someone was like, "Oh yeah, remember that thing with with, with Bo Diddley?" It was like, "Hey, Bo, you don't know Diddley," and Bo was like, "Oh yeah, I know Diddley," and then he plays some Diddley, and I was like, uh, and I was like. I made some piano motions. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, I saw that, and you know, make piano motions. Like, but Bo Diddley was like a guitarist, so uh. guitar motions. And then I knew I was, I knew they knew that I was lying about having seen that TV commercial. Right. And it's like, on the one hand, who fucking cares? But on the other hand, I was abjectly just like, just like, oh yeah, no, I will misrepresent my knowledge of that thing you're talking about. Right. And it's like, it was a weird, super embarrassing little moment, even though it probably was like a blip for who, I don't even remember who I was talking to. Right. But I remember being aware that they must know unequivocally that I'm bullshitting about knowing what they're talking about. And it was such mm-hmm. a weird sort of yeah, thing. it's it's good to it's good to that you're being so forthright with the fact that you're a horrible liar. Who I am, I'm I'm is constitutionally incapable of telling truth. I'm the master of lies. Yeah, um, because you know what else have you been lying about? Probably everything, I assume. Presumably, based on this story, I think what you can basically figure is if I say a thing, it must be an untruth. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. surely. Um, is this a good time for a break? I did not kill George Washington. Yeah. Well.
And we're back. So you still don't remember what the question for me was ever going to be? I think my question was, did you ever do that? Did you ever pull that shit as a kid? But you kind of answered that beforehand, then they got on a roll. So I was okay. like, now let me tell you about awkward memories. Okay. I have so many awkward memories. Yeah. <laughs> like, we shouldn't get into any more of them right now, because it'll just be good fodder for a later episode. Yeah, no, time. awkward memories are good. I, th- I, I like that, um, just as a top general topic of conversation, for sure. Therapeutic. It's therapeutic to talk yes. about them. Especially when they've been chewing at, at your mind for a long time and you know there's no reason that you should ever even remember that, but you still just feel that weird tinge of embarrassment over something you did when you were 12 or whatever. Yeah, it's a weird... It's it, This goes back to the sense memory thing. I feel like mm-hmm. there's like maybe an endocrine sense memory. with some of this. Like there's, there's stuff that you just get a little bit of rush of weird embarrassed chemicals mm-hmm. in your system when you think of something, and that becomes sort of perennial the same way that smelling some familiar old smells like, holy shit, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Except for you're like, holy shit, I remember how terrible I felt about that situation that doesn't matter anymore, but I'll never forget. You know? Sometimes something I do uh, do is that when I'm reliving an, a weird or stressful or awkward conversation in my mind, um, I'll, and I'm by myself, I'll find myself vocalizing parts of it without realizing at yeah. first that I'm doing it, or when I'm anticipating a difficult conversation, like a, if it were a job interview or I had to write someone up or something, um, it's uh, it can sometimes be like I'm kind of running through it in my mind and then I just sort of find myself also mumbling the things I'm saying or yeah. that I wish I would have said in the past or that I anticipate saying in the future, just in hearing myself talking a little bit. Well, it only happens when I'm by myself, I think, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Because I sometimes, I mean, it conceivably could be happening without me catching it. I don't know why I didn't get that job. It was so weird. (laughs) Um, But yeah, sometimes when I'm like reliving things in my mind, it'll it'll be like a weird vocalization will happen along with it. I'll at least sort of sub-vocalize stuff. You Hmm. know, when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking about like when I'm reading a book Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about the emotions that people are experiencing, I will sometimes catch myself sort of modeling those emotions on my face. Mm-hmm. Like I will, I will sort of like actually make the facial expressions that I'm imagining mm. that the character in the book is making sometimes. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a specific endorsement of relatively vivid characterization in a book or just a sign that I'm kind of weird that mm-hmm. way. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a thing I catch myself doing too mm. on a related note. It's like, it's sort of like I'm empathizing with the characters by literally, uh, sort of trying to, you know, recreate their, you know, emotional presentation mm-hmm. with my own expressions without really realizing I'm doing that until I do, which is a weird thing. Yeah. Did also, we... sometimes when I murder people, yeah, I kind of feel bad for them. Oh man, it's... like I'm like, it's almost like I'm the one being strangled and also stabbed at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's it's so weird. It's like God, it's I'm so crazy. glad that hand motion you just did you described as stabbing because it could have been something really awful. <laughs> to I mean not that stabbing isn't awful, sorry, but the <laughs> it's something much much worse than murdering a person with a knife. No, it wasn't worse. It was just bad in a different and more unexpected way what I that's thought a, you were doing. That's a very different way to die. Yeah. That's what you were imagining there. Yeah. Uh, oh let's move on. Let's, wow. Let's yeah, just immediately move on. Let's just go ahead and not talk about that <laughs> hand motion anymore that you were making <laughs> while describing murdering somebody. Yes. Um, hey, did we decide whether aliens were real or not in the last episode? Last no. Day, let me tell you this. We set up like three big questions that we have completely okay. ignored this whole podcast because oh, we haven't had time to get into them. Excellent. Um, so what did you want to tell me? 
let, let, aliens let, let are probably real. You. I don't know. Bigfoot? That sure. Why the hell not? <laughs> that was what you wanted to <laughs> let me Loch Ness? Tell you? Loch Ness let monster? Tell me? What do you think about the Loch Ness monster? I think it's a log. Okay. Jersey Devil? Uh, Let's just go ahead and knock down all these. Oh, geez. Uh, I think the Jersey Devil uh, is fake. Okay. Men in black, like uh, government agents who work for a clandestine organization that are meant to keep these supernatural and extraterrestrial things secret. I, I think they work for the IRS and they're actually just tax guys. Okay. Uh, uh, alien abduction? Uh, I think it's uh, confused stories from chemically altered people. Uh, cattle mutilation? Uh, I think the cattle had it coming. <laughs> Fucking cows. <laughs> Right. Um, uh, it's crop circles. Uh, I think there's a lot of board grad students. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, reptilian overlords. Oh, they're super real. Super real, huh? Yeah, I knew is, that one was real. That is the fu- Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. You shouldn't say Obama on the air because it, it gets flagged and then Obama I, hears I, it later. I, I'm actually really conflicted about this bit here because on the one hand – None of my answers are particularly false in terms of my actual beliefs. I'm a very, <laughs> I, I, basically, my, my response to most things is extreme skepticism. Yeah, sure. As far as things we're talking about, but at the same time, I also don't want to totally shortchange the discussion. I feel like we should actually no, have this discussion. In no, no, I love, I love that you're shortchanging but, it. Uh, but yeah, we, we can continue shortchanging it for now because uh, I, I like the fact that you're coming up with all these different touch points. Well, so lizard people are real for sure. Oh and, yeah, totally, and totally. have infiltrated the government and run yes. society. What about the Illuminati? Same thing or different or no, totally not fake. real? Totally fake. Fake. Yeah. Okay. They were invented by Adam Weishaupt on a, on a on a whim one time when he was trying to fuck with George Washington over a bet. Okay. Um, the uh, 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 oh god, now I can't remember. They're real. Uh, alligators and sewers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely sewer alligators. They're basically why sewers work. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like a volunteer fire department. Sure, um, chemtrails. No, 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 I don't believe it's possible to put a chemical in the sky. I believe the sky is chemical proof. Okay. I, I don't know what, what, how it's that a kind of works. iron dome against chemicals. Oh, okay. Um, Iceland. No, no, no. that it's just a myth. Yep. Okay. Tolkien. Um, Tolkien. What about uh, like fairies and goblins? Uh, no. What about the idea that um, oxygen is a hallucinatory agent and uh, only by doing drugs do we see the real world as it normally is by suppressing the hallucination of reality that we're getting from... uh, Absolutely false. You actually need to get the special sunglasses from They Live. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Um, uh, Resurrection. No. No, just, just surrection. Just sir, just just once insurrection. Yes, <laughs> Star Trek insurrection. <laughs> um, uh, secret uh, government programs ab- about uh, sp- flying spaceships from recovered crashed extraterrestrial objects. Nope, they're not actually secret. Okay, <laughs> people um, are just really, really bad at googling. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, Slender Man. You know, honestly, he could stand to lose a couple pounds. Mm. Yeah, not so slender these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just call him, really, man? <laughs> Keep trying, man? Yeah. Um, Wolfman. Wolfman. Yes, yes. Lycanthropy. Yes. 
Yes, lycanthropy, absolutely. Definitely, yes. Okay. Yes. Would a silver bullet f- fell a lycanthrope? Or is that part of a, myth? A, a normal bullet would work. Actually. Okay, just it's just yeah. you could just kill them. Yeah, it's, once, not, it's once, not that big of a deal. Once you shoot anybody <laughs> with a gun, okay, it's lycanthropy. <laughs> I um, like that brief pause in that yeah. book. Like, really? Yeah, for sure. Really? That's um, just uh, all religion. Oh, absolutely true. Okay, <laughs> every single one is correct. Okay, that's reassuring. Yeah, no. yeah, sort of. Some of it's not very reassuring. No, no, every single, every single aspect of religion, right. every religion, every right. tenet. That's a kind every, of a, that's a mixture. Every of, schism yeah. is a representation of the superposition of states in a quantum theoretical picture of the religious universe. Mm, okay, uh, quantum theory. Bullshit. Bullshit. Just all, all giant fake. bullshit. <laughs> Just someone was really, really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, faster than light travel. Uh, sure. Uh, time travel. Nah. No. Okay. Um, Unless it's faster than light. Faster than light, time travel, sure. <laughs> right. Um, I th- that's pretty much cleared up all my questions. That's, that's, I think that's a pretty good yeah. question. Uh, friendship. Um, is it magic? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, well, well, I don't know. First of all, is magic real? Answer the question. Answer the question. No, I need to know from you if, if there is such a thing as magic. In a young girl's heart? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I believe in that. Yeah, sure. Friendship is magic. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, g- g- I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Let's let's just do All some. Right. Let's do some magic. Yeah. Let's. We're, we're, we're gonna we're I, gonna roll up some uh, some dollar bills is, uh, and uh, cut some lines of magic and mm-hmm. uh, get just super super uh, aware of the nature of the universe. Yeah, like so, uh, like Bill Hicks Keen. Yeah, Bill Hicks Keen has told us too. Uh, time is a flat family circle. Oh.